The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows on Extra 106.3. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. It is the weekend, boys and girls. I am grateful to all of you who have made me a part of your day. No shortage of events this week. In our United States of America, the Republicans have a fourth debate. Can you believe that? It's not even 2024. We're to the fourth debate where four people sat on a stage for a News Nation debate. If I am a thousand percent honest with you, I know that News Nation exists and I have no idea how to find it, which begs the question, why on earth did CNN or Fox or MSNBC or hell, NPR, why didn't they want to swing at it? How times have changed. Maybe there's no market for a fourth debate at all. I thought it was interesting to watch them all go after Nikki Haley over entitlement reform. If we were honest with each other in 2023 here at the end of the year, if I were honest with you, it's probably the first issue I would tackle. Well, maybe second. I might really truly go after the border if I was the president of the United States. I think that there's common ground. I think you can find 60 votes in the Senate. I think the wall will do a lot. I don't think it solves all your problems. I don't think anybody thinks anything will solve all the problems with respect to immigration. But number two is entitlement reform. Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie did not waste the opportunity to go to work on her. They didn't. I don't blame them. But to be honest with you, and I look, I recognize on the station, Nikki Haley's probably not anybody's preferred candidate of choice. I think most of America at this point in the Republican primaries, like we're just going through the motions. Donald Trump's going to wind up with the nomination. I still think there's a ton of value. And I was a little disappointed to watch people sit there and kind of capitulate and throw darts at her because she's 100% right. When you look at entitlements, it is out of control. It's not something that we can afford anymore. And it's in our general fund all the time. We have bonded money to pay for retirement and military salaries in the United States of America. Let's leave military salaries alone for a second, retirees and pensions and that sort of thing. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security has got to be the number one thing that we get our arms around because it is costing the taxpayers in this country a fortune. And going after that is the right thing to do. If you know one thing about the United States of America, absent the short time period of COVID, is that over the last 20 or 30 years, people are living a lot longer. And we have to care for that. The average retirement age may be 67, but if, if you raise the retirement age to 68 or 69 or you graduated it up, and yeah, hell, I'm even talking about me. I don't really count on it being there in the first place because, look, if you're the guy who retires and you have to live on Social Security, it's not going to say a whole hell of a lot about your quality of life. But I digress. If people are living longer, then the retirement age has to continue to escalate with people living longer because it does, especially for the people who have put a stake in it for all this time. But it is not in any way, shape or form going to stand up to the litmus test of time. And time is ultimately unforgiving. It's unforgiving in a ton of ways. You look at professional athletes. I mean, who was the last professional athlete you saw that played the game at the highest level over 40 years old? I mean, if you look at the NFL today, who's there? Aaron Rodgers, and I, granted, he's got a setback, but Tom Brady played until he was 45. That dude is the anomaly. 
nobody gets to do everything forever. You're going to you're going to watch the early parts of your career transpire, then you're going to wind up with a good job, then you're going to get a better job, and then you're going to have the job you really want and you get to knock the ball out of the park with respect to your income for about 20 years. And then it's going to go down unless people are going to want you, unless people will take a chance on you or hire take a flyer on an old guy. I and look, that's just the way it is. I realize that there's a ton of discriminatory practices. We're taking all that off the table because it 100% happens. But entitlement reform is the right conversation for the have, and it's not right for the Democrats to demonize the Republicans over it because they scare old people. If they're not scaring black people, they're scaring old people. Those are the two things you can take to the bank about the Democrats. But I think 60% of America knows that if you are living longer, then the retirement age has to escalate, especially if you've got $33 trillion in debt, and we all know that number is going to go up. But there's a bunch of things that have to happen alongside it. The tax code in this country is going to have to fundamentally change. At some point, the investment banks and the folks that buy up treasuries like J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Truist, those guys who really keep the economy afloat, they're going to have to have a hard conversation with the American taxpayer, and they don't want to do it either because our debt and creditworthiness as a country isn't what it was 20 years ago. You've seen it downgraded over time. Well, how do you fix that? Because you have to. If you don't fix that, you wind up like plenty of the European countries who have really struggled to maintain their infrastructure, which is another huge problem that the country has. You guys saw last week, Governor Gavin Newsom came to Georgia and he talked about his plan. And there were a lot of things that didn't get talked about. At one point, they wanted to build a bullet train from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and the cost was $9 billion. It's like 45 times the size of its initial budget today, and they still have it on the roadmap. That is never going to work. And although the special interest groups and the Democrats will always placate to California, you have to find some way to move forward that involves absolutely everybody in this country. And we're not doing that. The thing on both sides of the aisle, you will never hear President Biden talk about entitlement reform, even though the Democrats know it needs to happen. But to watch three people on a debate stage Thursday night not be willing, from our own party, not be willing to have an honest conversation about entitlement reform and about Social Security was total crap. And kudos to Nikki Haley. Look, you don't have to go vote for her. You don't have to support her as your first or second choice in a primary. I'm telling you, that woman was the only person willing to actually look the American people in the eye and tell them the truth. And on some level, I want somebody in the executive office who is willing to sit there and tell you the truth. We all say that we want them to sit there and look at us in the eye and tell us the truth. And she did. And all she and all that has happened in subsequent hours is that they have tarred and feather her, feathered her over exactly what I want to see the American public here. I'm probably not a Nikki Haley voter. I'm probably a DeSantis voter. I think the guy has a very incredible track record of leadership over COVID. I think what he's done with the state of Florida with respect to their tax digest and their economy has been nothing short of miraculous. And I don't take anything away from Georgia. I don't take anything away from Tennessee. I don't take anything away from Texas. Of the guys in the race, he's the one that has seen a fundamental change in the way that they do business. And I think the man ultimately deserves to be commended for his efforts. But I also kind of get a little frustrated when he's not going to talk about entitlement reform and tell you the truth because he knows that it ultimately is one of the only issues that will affect absolutely every single American. Switching gears, in other news this week, former House Speaker for, I don't know, eight, nine months Kevin McCarthy has announced that he will vacate the Congress on December 31st of 2023 and that he wants to seek 
to serve America in other ways and recruit good candidates to run for Congress. There's a lot of people who don't like Kevin McCarthy. They think that he was absent of ideology. I think the further up the stack you go, the more you're apt to receive criticism. And he sat there. Look, you don't have to like him. That dude took more arrows in the last year and a half than I have seen anybody in the Republican Party take. And I think plenty of them were undeserved. There's plenty of you MAGA folks. Make America great again. And that is Donald Trump's preferred nomenclature. Donald Trump got a lot of the things that he wanted to get done because of Paul Ryan and because of Kevin McCarthy, because they because Trump didn't know how. And I think Kevin McCarthy was an incredible minority leader. And I thought that McCarthy helped Trump play tremendous defense against a governed body in the United States Senate by the Democrats and Chuck Schumer. But I wonder how history ultimately judges a guy like that. And hear what I say. He sat there for nine terms. He would have easily been elected to a 10th term, which means 20 years in Congress, which hell is about probably 10 years too long. And I'll tell you something positive about Kevin McCarthy before I sit there and rip into him and say, good riddance. He was actually probably the Speaker of the House who most closely represented the American people in the last decade, on the left and on the right. Does that satisfy the cravings and urges of the Freedom Caucus and the Gates, Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene crowd? No. I'll be the first person to tell you. But look, you saw the United States Congress and the Democrats and most of the Republicans when they put Speaker Mike Johnson in power. They were never going to give Jim Jordan that shot because they were because they were really upset with removing Kevin McCarthy as, as the Speaker of the House because it was ultimately embarrassing. And I'll tell you another thing about it. When it took, I don't know, three days worth of voting to get Kevin McCarthy elected to be Speaker of the House, sometimes the concessions that you have to give up in order to get the title, they're not worth it. And when Kevin McCarthy ultimately writes a book about his time in Washington and he goes through this, I am willing to bet that the man will sit there, look you in the eye, and tell you, I probably gave up too much. There were too many personality battles. I was never going to be put in a position to be successful. And I probably and I sought the title more than I sought the service. That is a problem that a lot of people in America have, especially ones in elected office. They've just never had any real body of results outside of public service. And if that's where you go for your edification and gratification and your life's value, you're always going to be super sorely disappointed. I commend the people who leave elected office, rise a little bit higher, continue to give continue to put ideas forward, continue to help good people elected who don't take their ball and go home. One of those here, right here in the state of Georgia, is former Senator Kelly Leffler. She had the opportunity to just leave the battlefield, go home, and nobody would have ever blamed her for starting another business, being a rich gal, and taking care of her. But she's gone out over the course of the last 18 months, and she's registered Republicans, and she's continued to keep her name out there to stay in the fight. Do I ultimately think that that had a self-serving purpose? Yes, I think she's going to wind up running for governor of the state of Georgia. But I don't blame Senator Leffler for staying in the game. I don't think any of us should. I think registering people as Republicans, I think continuing to stay in the fight, I think moving on and moving up is always the right thing to do. And I wish Kevin McCarthy absolutely nothing but the best. He had to herd cats the last four years in the Republican Congress, in the last Democrat Congress to be fair. But when Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy did a lot of great things to make her life hard. He did. When Paul Ryan was ultimately going to be the Speaker of the House and Kevin McCarthy really wanted that job, that dude fell in line. He said, put me where you can use me. I know I have a lot to give. Congratulations. He at least said all the right things. 
My name is Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram at The Ben Burnett Show. Grateful to each and every one of you. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to entirely unpack the debate that took place last night in Tuscaloosa. We're going to talk about the winners, the losers, how the consolidated base of support ultimately is going to move this party and this country forward. It's Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. We will be right back. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Exciting week for the city of Atlanta. Sometimes it's doom and gloom. We get to fight about everything. Sometimes we see good news. The U.S. Soccer Federation announces that Fayette County is the future home for the National Training Center based on its optimal climate, growing business community, diverse workforce, and proximity to the international airport. The press release goes on to say, couldn't have happened without the strategic founding partnership of Coca-Cola and Arthur Blank. We don't always like Arthur Blank's politics. We're just going to get that out of the way. Man, what that guy has done for Atlanta is truly remarkable. Between the Falcons and Atlanta United and Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the money he has put up, $50 million in this case, for a 200-acre site that's not even anywhere close to where the man lives. Just to have it here, tell you what, those benefactors... We can poke at them. We can say lots of mean things about they should pay their fair share, whatever you want. America doesn't exist without rich benefactors that want to give gifts. I don't care if Arthur Blank hates every single bit of my politics. I am glad that he has chosen Atlanta. I am glad that he has put his money where his mouth is with a significant return on investment. For the residents of the entire state of Georgia and really the southeast, you look at what the guy's done. Over the course of the last two or three decades, it's remarkable. And this is just another cog in the wheel. Atlanta is such a wonderful place. I recognize that all the legislators down at the General Assembly love to cater to rural parts of the state for this and that, and they outnumber us in Metro Atlanta. Look, the scale on which Atlanta has become a major world-class city since the Olympics is due to a handful of guys like him, Bernie Marcus, Dan Cathy, Truett Cathy, like what a difference. Those people have truly left generational gifts to all of us. And I think that the people like that really deserve to be commended. It's really easy to sit there and poke at them for their ideological differences. Hey, look, when I take my kids, I got three, really two now that play soccer. Man, how exciting is it to be able to go take them within an hour drive of here and go watch the U.S. national team train? 
scrimmage, do things like that and say, hey, you can do all of these things when you grow up and you don't have to get on a plane to go see them. It's unbelievable. It's the fastest growing sport in the country by a pretty wide margin. I do think the MLS ultimately catches up to some of the other sports just based on the proximity. You look at the Atlanta United games. I don't you save it. You can hate soccer all you want. I get it. Soccer guy, you can turn me off for a second. It's unbelievable. If you go to a game there, the atmosphere's super fun. It's affordable. You're in and out in two hours. It's relatively family friendly. Like you can take a family of four to an Atlanta United game for a hundred bucks. And you can't say that about a lot of professional athletics. Now, never mind the fact that I don't know all these people's names, but look, 40, 50, 60,000 people per game. It's remarkable. It's no wonder that these types of entities in U.S. soccer are choosing places like Atlanta to set up shop. And just for free, if you haven't been down there, Trillith Studios, which is going to be adjacent to the U.S. soccer complex, it's remarkable. Just the, It's not like anything else. It's not like the battery. It's not like it, Avalon. It's not like Atlantic Station. It's not like any of them. It's got, it's anchored by movie studios. And yeah, some of them you can go into and see, some of them you can't, depending on what's filming or whatever. But the restaurants and the quality of life and the architecture, man, it is neat. Dan Cathy has given Metro Atlanta and Fayette County an absolute gift. Switching gears this week, we had the fourth presidential debate on the Republican side, which seems like probably four too many for lots of us at this point. Featuring on the stage, Governor Chris Christie, Secretary of the former Secretary of the UN Nikki Haley, Governor Ron DeSantis, and Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm still I'm one of those guys. I guess somebody like Gavin Newsom may call me a racist or ins- say I'm insulting because I never probably get his re- name right, and I'm not. And I probably should figure out how to say his name properly. But to be honest with you, depending on the channel, depends on how they say it, and I just really don't know. I thought three of the contestants. Candidates, whatever, contestants. Yeah, it was a game show. I thought three of the politicians on the stage the other night did a pretty fair job. I thought Ramaswamy looked like a jerk. I think that he was really good about giving you the half-truths. But I appreciate the platform stances. Look, if he doesn't want to fund the Israelis and he doesn't want to fund the Ukraine and and those wars, I, I don't care how the man feels. I really don't. I think most of America is probably like, yeah, we should probably do this and keep this off freedom's doorstep. That may live in conflict with plenty of the audience, but I think that's where the American consensus is. If you took every single Democrat who wanted to fund the war in Ukraine, there's probably 15 or 20% of the Republicans who'd want to do it. I think you probably got 60% favorability there amongst the general populace, not the Republican party. And on the other side, You have Israel, who is the Republicans, what seems to be their best friend. And, you know, everywhere you look, it's Israeli flags defend Israel. October 7th was a heinous attack. I thought Ramaswamy was smart for a couple of reasons. At least in general, I thought he was authentic with his response. He doesn't believe in funding the war in Ukraine because they're not a democracy. They actually are a democracy. They are a democracy. But look, you get into some of the people criticize them all the time, the Ukrainians based on the fact that they feel like the government's corrupt. I, you know, I don't know. I don't live over there. I can tell you where the Department of Defense gets involved in the contractor base and the special interests. Like, if you want to connect those dots, it's not that hard. And I'm not one of those guys. I think that, in some degree, funding the Israeli war makes some sense uh, with, with Hamas because they're backed by the Iranians. Like, if you're going to fight a proxy war with Israel, you're essentially fighting one with the United States. We're either going to fight them over there or we're going to fight them over here. One of my really, really big fears is that ultimately 
we have we have hard decisions that we we're not really ready to make. Do I believe in sending America's sons and daughters over to fight the war in Ukraine? I don't. But if there is some sort of nuclear conflict that takes place, that really isn't a conversation that we're going to have the ability to control anymore. We will 100% be involved. I don't necessarily think that that's coming. I think that the Ukraine is going to wind up formulating some sort of ceasefire with the Russians in the next year. Donald Trump will honestly demand that those two guys come to the table. For all the nasty things I say about President Trump and that I don't think he's the right fit to be the next president of the United States, I'll give the man credit for plenty of things. If he wanted to put Vladimir Putin and Volodymyr Zelensky at a table, I have zero doubt that that man could do it. And I think he would use the heavy-handedness of the United States and his candor and candidly his relationship that he had with Putin in the past. I think he would put him at the table, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't think he's actually going to command a lot of serious thought from either of them, but if he was the guy who brought world peace, then so be it. I'll take that. But on the other hand, when you look at Hamas and the Iranian initiative to back them and invade Israel and slaughter thousands of people, I think we ought to fund them to the hilt. And I think the war that is going on in the colleges and universities right now over supporting Hamas, look, I'll defend anybody's First Amendment rights to say absolutely anything. If you want to hate the Palestinians, if you want to hate Hamas, if you want to hate the Israelis, go for it. I think the marketplace ultimately sorts all of you out, and you all wind up having absolutely no jobs. But I am a First Amendment absolutist. That is what I appreciate about Vivek Ramaswamy. Do I think that his stance towards certain things have moved? Yes. Do I think that him picking on Nikki Haley is the right thing to do? Yes. And I'm honestly supportive of Nikki Haley over a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy. And I realize that that's also probably going to put me in conflict with some of you too, but I'll tell you why. When he said the other night that she was bankrupt, he was technically wrong, but that woman was on the verge of having real financial problems when she left the UN. There's an article from Forbes right about the time she left the UN that talked about why. They talked about the liens that they were putting on her parents' house who were first-generation immigrants. Really, she's the first-generation American of all of them. And they got in financial trouble with respect to a house, with respect to some commercial properties. And she took a job on the board at Boeing. And they paid her really, really well based on the relationships that she had crafted. And he said that that was corrupt. From a letter of the law standpoint, I do not feel that that was necessarily corrupt. I don't honestly know what Nikki Haley, as in former ambassador, has the opportunity to influence with inside the Department of Defense. But I'll tell you, I don't begrudge the people that leave elected office and go make money based on the skills that they have cultivated. To be honest with you, I'm kind of one of them. I've learned a lot of things about how local government worked. I have since moved on, and you are cra- you're crazy if you think I don't leverage those skills every single day to better my personal life. I do. But it does deserve to be pointed out as a, as a presidential candidate. If you are on the verge of bankruptcy and you start sitting on Department of Defense contractor boards and your net worth goes from about two or $300,000 to $8.5 million, in a time frame of four or five years, I'm okay with somebody pointing that out. And if I'm Nikki Haley, I am totally okay with explaining why. Do I think that there are limits that need to be put on these people that serve in Congress, serve in the United States Senate, or serve in appointed and confirmed United States Senate roles when they leave, that they're not allowed to lobby and they're not allowed to sit on 
some of these contractor boards that, that have federal contracts or are potentially looking at them. If you want to ban somebody for two years from lobbying the offices, I don't care. That's To me, that's a 100% fine. But, like, when is enough enough? And hear me when I say that. When is enough enough? Like, on some level, I'll just tell you, Ron DeSantis, on, on his last governor's personal financial disclosure for the state of Florida, he had a net worth of about $300,000. Yeah, that's before books. And it all set in a savings account, which, honestly, that's a whole different question. When does Ron DeSantis get to take the great things that he has done and leverage them to the betterment of his family? I mean, I'll hang up and listen because the answer is not never. But I'll also sit there and tell you, you know, that there are plenty of things inside the Congress and inside the contractor base and inside those appointed and confirmed positions that we should get a hold of. Stock buying, stock selling, blind trusts, I'm fine with all of that. If you are representing the United States government from a from an official capacity with respect to the U.S. taxpayer, I think all that stuff should be off limits. I've talked about it before. I, I have a lot of disagreements with Senator John Ossoff. I hope he drops the bill banning stock trading amongst members of Congress and the Senate every single year. And I don't know why everyone doesn't write their congressmen and senators and say, what are you doing? I love when people publish the actual truth about who these individuals are. Look, there are plenty of war heroes. Guys we think a lot of, like Dan Crenshaw, went to Tufts, went to Harvard, served in the United States Navy, and plenty of the outlets have published his stock trades. And guess what? He's a lot better off today than he was then. That I have a fundamental problem with. If Nikki Haley wants to quit serving in an official capacity to, with respect to the U.S. taxpayer and go make money, so be it. I'm not mad at you at all. Do I think that that is a symptomatic problem in, in the United States of America? I mean, on some level, you can certainly say it, but that woman doesn't deserve to sit out forever. And if you switch gears a little bit and you're Governor Ron DeSantis, like on some level, you're making a nice living as the governor of Florida, but you're not making life-changing money. And I'm sure he's living on the super PAC right now as he travels around the country, and I've seen absolutely nothing out of that guy's life to lead you to believe that he would ever do anything disingenuous with respect to the people that he seeks to represent or the people that he represents today in the state of Florida. I think Ron DeSantis is far and wide of the four people that sat on that debate stage, the most beyond reproach out of all of them. I've actually heard he won't even reply to text messages. But you look around at, at that debate the other night, and the, the attacks that went on Nikki Haley, like, I, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm a morning in America guy, I say it all the time, at least once a week. I think that is ultimately who we need to be a part of, I think that's what we need to do. I think that's the party platform moving forward. Guys, America in 2023, it's not as bad off as it was in 2022. It's just not. And I know everybody's going to run to their battle stations about inflation and printed money and the national debt. And the truth is, is that inflation is coming down and gas prices are coming down. And yeah, it was a bad decision. For the House and the Senate, one controlled by the Republicans and one controlled by the Democrats, to turn on the wartime spigot and print over $7 trillion. I'll be the first person to sit there and say it. But things are catching up. You see wages. They're rising. If you aren't happy with your current working situation, go find another one. Employment, the unemployment numbers in this country are not as low as they have ever been, but they are really damn close. And quit being a victim. 
That's what I'd tell all of you. Guys, it doesn't matter if the Republicans or the Democrats are in office. The people who want to put the martyr mask on and be the victims, they're the zebra that never changes their stripes. They don't. They're always the victim. They're always the martyr. 2023 for me, the Ben Burnett Show, has been a banner year. And yes, I disagree with the United States Senate and President Joe Biden a lot more than I agree with him. But they don't make or break me. And they don't make or break you. So quit being like that. You see great things happen in this country all the time. Get out of your phone and go look for them. Create your own ideas. Create your own identity. I know a lot of you say that you can't do that. Every single person out there on the conservative side of the aisle ought to be looking at small business opportunities to put themselves even further ahead. Be a job creator. The biggest problem with the Democrats is they want to take care of absolutely every issue that you could ever have, and the country can't afford it. But this country can't afford the people like Dan Cathy and Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank, who are beyond wildly generous. That's who we need more of. Those are the people in this world that solve problems, that put people to work, and you don't find them all in conservative circles, and you for damn sure don't find them all in left-leaning circles, and you never will. Those people are successful beyond political ideology. They're successful beyond the entertainment base of Fox News and CNN and MSNBC. And so am I. And you have the same exact opportunity to get ahead. I mean, think about it. Every single person listening to me right now has an idea in their head that they have wanted to chase forever that's worth $10,000 a year. Well, if you want to sit there and complain about inflation when you go home and sit your fat ass on the couch, you have the ability to create solutions. You have the ability to make things better. I believe the strongest testament that the Republican Party can make is to take a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy, who I told you, I don't like everything he says on a debate stage. I don't like how he treats people, but I am not taking anything away from the fact that he is a self-made first-generation immigrant who's worth a crap load of money. We as a party and as a country ought to look at him and be like, dude, we don't agree with everything that comes out of your mouth, but we are really interested in how you got here. Those are the people that I want to drive us forward and save the fact that I don't agree with the guy on how he wants to treat Ukraine or how he wants to treat his relationship with Israel and just let them fend for themselves. I want allies. I'm not a globalist in the sense that I want to fund everything that they want to do, but I recognize that we need trade partnerships and alliances and friends. And sometimes when you get out on the island all by yourself, like you need to look around and be like, who are we going to call on if things get hard or things get hairy? You look at plenty of the alliances that we have with respect to Taiwan. Part of the $900 billion defense bill that is getting bipartisanly passed right now through the United States House and the United States Senate AIDS funding for Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Well, Ramaswamy's not your guy, but I'll tell you what, if Vivek Ramaswamy wants to sit there and run the Small Business Administration as a guy who's made tens of billions of dollars, and he wants to lead an organization and help the small local chamber of commerce create more entrepreneurs that ultimately create more Republicans— dude, I'm here for you. And I will take your differences and I will accept the fact that you and I don't get along on these five things. But if you want to create more people like me and more people like you, go for it, dude. I am glad you're here.
You find the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews, and Thursdays, I do my thought in one take. This past week, we unpacked the Republican debate, but on Tuesday, I talked to Commissioner Kevin Tanner, who runs the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities, ran for Congress, lost before a runoff to a guy plenty of you have heard of named Andrew Clyde, but Kevin Tanner is as good a public servant as the state of Georgia has. Kevin's also an entrepreneur, but he talks a lot. I had him on at Christmas time because Christmas time is hard for a lot of people. And if that's you and that's somebody that you're or, or that's somebody that you're looking at, I want to tell everybody, you know, it's nothing's easy. If you are an individual who feels like you don't really know how to turn, where to turn, where to go, who to talk to, who to ask for help without judgment, dial pound 988. Go listen to my interview with Kevin Tanner. He he puts a lot of stuff out there a lot more eloquently than I ever could. Talking about mental health is a huge deal. And at the same time, the other thing before I get to my last point is plenty of people who listen to me, plenty of Republicans, man, it's, it's a time of generosity. It's a time where there are a lot of people, there are a lot of families that don't have all the answers. And by force or by choice, they have not done everything right. But plenty of them have kids. Plenty of them have opportunities and obligations and people who look to them for needs and things that they can't provide. Man, if you listen to the Ben Burnett Show, the one thing I'd ask of you, I don't care if you agree with me, I don't care if you disagree with me, I never will. I'm grateful for your eardrums, and I'm grateful sometimes for your eyeballs. Be in the solutions business for those kids. Everybody has the ability to go pick up a $20 toy, find the charity of your choice, and make sure everybody has something to open up on Christmas Day, because I don't care who you are. Your moms and dads, man, we get there sooner or later. It's our own fault. We've controlled our own destiny. There is not a child in the country who doesn't deserve to have something to unwrap on Christmas Day. Final thing I want to get to is Hunter Biden. The House of Representatives appears ever closer to the potential impeachment of President Joe Biden. I just It's like a long pause. I hope this is it. I really do. I, I hope that we get to the bottom of this investigation I think that Joe Biden knew about Hunter's dealings far beyond some of the substance abuse issues that he had, the relationships that he had. And look, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy, like we talked about a few minutes ago, wants to criticize and say that Nikki Haley becoming a multimillionaire all in the name of Boeing and special interest money and sitting on the board of directors, if that disqualifies her for being president, well, time's a factor of a whole hell of a lot more than that. Joe Biden has real problems. I mean, how does a guy here, let's, let's be honest, he's sat in public service the entirety of his life. How does he have a net worth that is literally tens of millions of dollars? It's not like he'd pulled a Nikki Haley, resigned the seat on the UN as the ambassador, and went to work for some special interest group. Like, this dude has sat as a United States senator for several decades became the vice president for eight years with the Obama administration, kind of went away for four years. Maybe he just made it all in those four years, but I doubt it because his personal financial disclosures say otherwise. And man, does that dude have a smoking gun on his hands. He's in trouble. If the Congress brings forward impeachment charges, and I think they will, I don't look, I don't think the, I don't think the Republican Congress is good for a lot. I think they're in a really tough spot. I'd love to see 12 appropriations bills. I don't think Speaker Mike Johnson's ever going to get there. I think they'll ultimately replace him or the Republicans will lose favor in the House. I think both of those things in 2024 are somewhat likely if Donald Trump is the president. But if Joe Biden has sat there and gotten to be a person worth tens of millions of dollars, 
and his degenerate son, Hunter, follows right alongside him, I'm really troubled. If Nikki Haley is not allowed to do it on the up and up because she's facing bankruptcy, then in no uncertain terms should we have a different set of standards for the actor acting commander-in-chief of the United States. And I'm willing to bet that I think there's some Democrats that are going to vote to impeach Biden. I really do. I think that I think that they're tired of it. I think that they would rather see it. Hell, maybe, honestly, if, like if Biden won in 2024, maybe this is how he exits the political strategy. How's that for a conspiracy theory? You catch the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is Atlanta's all-conservative talk station, Extra 106.3. We will be right back. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's only conservative talk station. Final thing I want to get to this week, it seems that there is a path forward with the United States Congress and Senate on a roughly $900 billion defense bill. Bill will include 5.2% pay raises for service members. I think at this point with the recruiting lags that we have seen, that is probably the right message to send. And good for all of you who volunteer your time, energy, and effort to move every two, three, four years all around Hell's Half Acre to keep us safe. I am grateful for each and every one of you. You have seen Senator Tommy Tuberville block promotions and military appointments for nearly 400 service members over the United States federal government and the Biden administration's stance on paying for abortions across state lines. If you are a service member who gets pregnant, wants to terminate a pregnancy, and the state that you're in won't allow you to have an abortion, you can go to another state on the federal taxpayer and take care of it. I, you know, I don't know how else to really put that. I hate to sound insensitive. And you've also seen Senator Tuberville take his stance and his voice and his vote with the unanimous consent process to protest transgender care for service members. And Senator Tuberville all along the way, all along the way, has said they can still go through the approval process. We can do them one by one. And the United States Senate has said, yeah, if we're going to take them one by one, we'll be done with this by 2045 in time to approve another four or five, six hundred, hell, maybe even more than that. And I kind of gave Tuberville some grief over his stance for a little while, and it's probably short-sighted on my part. I think Congress and, and the Senate is a negotiation in general. I think the best bills often come forward and the best path forward that we mostly agree with happen when the Republicans and the Democrats come together, and sometimes you have to find certain ways to protest things. I'm not going to tell you I was wrong for the criticisms that Senator Tuberville had, but I'll give you some context. 
when Russia invaded Ukraine, it potentially could involve the United States military. If there was a weapon, nuclear weapon, nuclear fallout that impacted Poland or a NATO ally, the United States, Department of Defense, our military, would in no uncertain terms be drug into that conflict. But that was only one instance. And then on October 7th, you see Hamas invade Israel, who is an absolute ally of the Americans in 2023, have been for nearly 100 years. And the world is at a real place of turmoil. You have conversations right now, and part of this $900 billion bill is to pay for arms and munitions and training for the Taiwanese military in the event that China wants to invade them or deter a possible invasion. I hope it never comes to that. I don't think anybody wins that conflict. And I think Senator Tuberville realized that after Space Force and their corporate headquarters or their military headquarters left Huntsville, Alabama, for Colorado, he used that he used that vote to protest. I don't ever really think it was about transgender care for service members. He can deny it. I can't prove it. I but it's neither it's really neither here nor there. So this past week on Tuesday, Senator Tuberville drops his protest over nearly four hundred appointments for admirals, generals, military personnel, DOD personnel, all the confirmations. They're back to going through unanimous consent with almost ninety-five percent of the people that were on the docket. He wasn't lifting the blockade for absolutely everybody, but he did, by and large, for the most part. And the Republicans got a win out of that process, and I'll tell you what it was. The Republicans stripped the federal government subsidy for people going to have abortions on on state lines and transgender surgery care. I am very supportive of that. I do think that it makes it harder for certain women to have abortions, but I'm not really that bothered by it. I'm just not. I Look, if if there's a will, there's a way. I've always been that. I've always been that way. I think you have the opportunity to do a lot, but there's a lot of really good things in a bipartisan defense bill. And so to that end, I'm going to give Senator Tuberville credit for sitting there where I'd criticized him earlier. I think ultimately he made things better. A disaster was averted, but I also think that Senator Tuberville knows, based on hearings that he sits in with the United States Senate and our security contractor base and closed-door things that we don't really need to know as the American people, I think he realizes that there's more afoot in the long term, and if the United States doesn't have the right military leadership in place, it could ultimately cause a lot of conflict for Americans. And I think the Democrats know that too, because if they thought that everything was hunky-dory, fine and dandy, the Democrats would have never agreed to this provision. I think that timing is often absolutely everything. When Tuberville started his protest, it was a very different day and time in America and the world. And it's not the same situation today. And I think Senator Tuberville was like, look, I'm going to look past these 95% of people. You guys need to stop this because getting these officers and senior leadership in place might ultimately be the best thing for America. And I'll look past this. If you look past that, let's get a cleaner bill done and move forward. I think it's awesome. I am one of the guys who really likes to seek progress with our American Congress because I think the country needs to move forward in a lot of ways. And I believe that most of us as Americans agree on 90% of the fundamental issues, Department of Defense, infrastructure. We need to always maintain our safety and security. Pave my roads, keep people safe, leave me alone. If you were honest with yourself, and if the congressmen and senators were honest with us on both sides of the aisle, most of the things that can be done to move this country forward are almost unanimously agreed upon. Not to a place where there is just a moral opposition to something 
that could be absolutely catastrophic. You can find the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews. Thursdays, I do my thought in one take. This Tuesday, I have Glenn Hammer, who is the president of the Texas Association of Business. It is the best interview that I have done in a long time. So go download the show, subscribe to it on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, everywhere. I interview people all around the country that create your perspective. Glenn was very instrumental in the USMCA deal, the subsequent deal to the NAFTA agreement. He's been the Chamber of Commerce president in Arizona, a border state, and Texas, also a border state. And we talk about travel, transportation, and trade between the United States and our allies. And look, we're all super proud of the state of Georgia, and we should be. It's an awesome place to live. It is the conversation that I have wanted to have with the country's most forward-looking economic development officer. We talk about trade with Mexico, and Glenn is very candid about how China is using Mexico and our NAFTA agreement and the USMCA and the reforms and provisions that need to take place. You will be astounded. The other really cool thing about Glenn Hammer is that one, at one point in time, he worked for United States Senator John McCain. And the conversation that we have about Senator McCain is absolutely second to none. It's neat to hear people talk about all these average people who go on to do really incredibly great things. Glenn is so neat. Georgia's really proud of their $5.3 billion surplus, and we should be. Texas had a surplus that was north of $30 billion. No state income tax. When you look at states that you want to be like when you grow up, if Texas isn't the first one, I don't know where it is. And adjacent to the Tuesday show, I do my thought in one take. This past week, we talked about the debates in hindsight and what people needed to look forward to and look look to for answers in this country. I know there's a lot of people who dislike Nikki Haley for a lot of really valid reasons. She's the one candidate on the stage who is willing to talk about entitlement reform. That is one of the ultimate things that is going to stop America from ultimately being prosperous. If we do not get that in control, we will never gain control of our balance sheet. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram at The Ben Burnett Show. Hit the subscribe button anywhere you get your podcast and download my show. It will help me in more ways than you could ever imagine. Go give me five stars. This is Atlanta's all-conservative talk station, Extra 106.3. My name is Ben Burnett. I hope you have a tremendous balance of the weekend. We will see you guys next time. Make it a good one. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. 
Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. 